Patreon.com slash the walk-off podcast. Uh, $4 a month gets you in there. Baseball, Blue Jays, and more baseball. It's the walk-off with Scott Belford and Adam Mack. This ball is crushed. The diehard podcast for the casual fan. And another one. My goodness. So if you folks need any more reasons to join the Patreon, I think that the secret podcast dance studio story and cam loops that Adam just told (laughs) is uh, close to the top of the list. Uh, we do we do hit record for Patreon a little bit beforehand, and Adam just told a doozy of a story full of drama and intrigue and uh, talking behind people's back. Anyways, secret podcast. The Patreon <laughs> continues to grow, and we do really appreciate everyone yes. who has put four shekels a month into our pockets. It does help cover all of the costs. Of course, with Patreon, you get an extra episode a week, MLB Mondays, where we die dive in to everything happening around the league. You also get instant access to all of our interviews and shows before they're even up and posted. And then on top of that, um, what am I missing here? Uh, priority email. No, yes. Priority messages, yes. uh, mailbag questions, mail for guests, bag. early access to all of our interviews, uh, all the raw unedited stuff, pre and post game show for, all of our episodes, uh, the five to 10 minutes of, yeah, us complaining about our wives, complaining about the dance studio. We had roll our kids in all yes. that good stuff, all that sort of good stuff. So again, uh, a big tip of the hat to everyone in Patreon who is supporting the podcast. We do appreciate you. Okay. Lots to get to on today's episode, all sorts of stuff going on. We'll do a quick, um, denouement as the Francais say, a, uh, deep dive oh, mr into french the... press here microwaves is hey. coffee and i was pulling hey. out the french vocabulary <laughs> can you tell which one of uh, us went to french immersion school yes according to the government of canada i am bilingual but according <laughs> to the french i am not <laughs> nice. nice. so yeah. we will we'll get into the jays and national series that wrapped up on wednesday we will do three studs and a dud for the week chad green getting the call up to the big league pen we'll get into that the buffalo bison boys i mean they are back in town and they are the backbone of this blue jays squad right now spencer horowitz getting the call up as well to join Ernie Clement and Davis Schneider. We'll talk that. The waiver wire craziness is just, I can't really get over what just happened here. And there's a lot of upset Blue Jays fans that are pissed at Atkins for not going out and getting some of these guys, but there's a good reason why he didn't. So we are going to kind of dive into the rules and regulations of the waiver wire and why the Blue Jays were kind of left on the outside looking in. And then finally, we will preview the Jays versus the Rockies series and the week ahead for the Blue Jays. Baseball town. Okay, so we're doing a live long toss one week from Sunday, nine days away at the Comedy Bar East End in Toronto. This is going to be the regular time from six till eight. We have some incredible guests that honestly, just even as 
the one putting this together. It kind of blows my mind. These guys have said yes, but Jay Jackson is going to be there as long as he's still in Toronto. There is that little, there is that little nougat there, but Jay Jackson should be there. Davis Schneider has agreed to come down. So he's going to be there Two Toronto Blue Jays on the panel. As if that's not enough, we've got Blake Murphy from Sportsnet. And Jay's Talk Plus, we've got Julia Cruz from MLB.com. We have Baseball Jen, our resident veteran iron person on Long Toss. And then, of course, we've got Johnny G, the king of Toronto Blue Jays podcast with Gate 14 coming down. It is going to be a heck of an evening. And I hope everyone who enjoys Long Toss comes down and, and, and experiences it live. We're going to have a question section afterwards in the last 30 minutes where you can kind of get your questions in to us and the guests and and to jay and davis tickets are on sale right now we're pushing 50 percent sold out right now so hey. would love to see this thing packed 150 blue jays fans under one roof i think it would be fantastic uh we're going to pin the tickets where you could the link for the tickets in the comment section here there you go okay there we go housekeeping taken care of so let's get into this, Adam. Tuesday, oh man, Tuesday still stings. Just thinking about that 5-4 loss, how it all unrolled. Needing a sweep against the Washington Nationals and not getting it hurt. This Blue Jays team has kind of put their back against the wall and every loss hurts just a little bit more. So Tuesday was a real dagger and the boys needed to come out and they needed to win on Wednesday. And they did, they showed up big. The offense for the first time in a while looked potent seven, nothing win against the Washington nationals. And I know that we've had some comments and I'll, I'll address it. I know there were comments from our mailbag because I called Wednesday's game a must win. And there were people who were like, must win. This team's already eliminated. What are you talking about? This is the worst team. They never smile. Uh, that was a big one, that this team mm -hmm. doesn't smile. I I mean, I don't know. Here's my opinion on it. And Adam, I'd love to hear yours. I just love the Toronto Blue Jays. I love playoff baseball. I love baseball. All that matters. So maybe it was less of a must win for the Jays and more of a must win for me. I just want to watch my team play for as long as possible. Even if maybe they're no longer the world series contenders. We thought they were. So if me saying must win, when you feel this team's already eliminated, upsets you, I guess, apologies. Um, <laughs> Why are you still watching a Blue Jays podcast then, I guess? There's 30 question. games left. There's 30 games left. There's three teams they're chasing, all of which they just need one of them to fall out. They're all in the American League West, Adam, which is absolutely insane. If you start breaking down how many times these three teams play each other, there are so many opportunities for the Blue Jays to make up ground as long as they win. If the Jays win, they gain one full game over somebody. The Texas Rangers play the Seattle Mariners seven times. They play the Houston Astros three times and the Jays four times. The Texas Rangers have a target on their back as the Blue Jays chase down these three AL West teams. The Houston Astros still play the Texas Rangers another three times and the, and the Seattle Mariners another three times and the Mariners play 
the Rangers seven and the Astros three. You start breaking it down. These teams play each other almost 30 times. That's 30 opportunities. They have to cannibalize somewhat, right? Um, so I mean, if we were chasing AL East teams, this would be a very different scenario. Yeah, I mean, the good news is we play the AL East about 100 times in the last two weeks, so that also kind of would work out. Um, September 1st, for me, is magic number season. So the magic number, for anybody not familiar, is the combined number of Blue Jays' wins and whoever we're chasing's losses for us to get that playoff spot. So right now, with 28 games left in the season for the Blue Jays, our magic number sits at 32. So we need, if we win 28 games, we need four losses from the Rangers to get in, or any combination therein, right? Um, as it stands, we have the tiebreaker on the Astros. We do not have it. On the Mariners. No. And we do not have it on the Rangers. We're down Yet. one. We the head to head record against the Rangers is one and two. We do play them four more times. So if we win we need to win three out of four yes. against the Rangers. That's very, very important um for us to have the the tiebreaker there as well. That would be six towards our magic number. 32 this texas so. series that starts september 11th is going to be the biggest series of the year for this team i don't know where exactly they're going to be in the standings at that point again currently sitting two and a half back of texas three and a half back of houston and seattle uh seattle houston and texas like i said do play each other numerous times before that and then on top of it the jays get their shot at texas can the Jays go into this Texas series in 11 days tied with them? Half a game out? Yeah. It's not yeah. that crazy. Yeah. It really isn't that wild to think that, especially considering the Blue Jays going into Colorado today. Um, they're in Denver as we speak. Big three-game set against the Rockies. The bottom-feeding Rockies who have horrible pitching heck they could kind of i mean we'll see the rangers haven't been lighting the fire or lighting the world on fire by any means in the last month the rangers have struggled mightily falling out of that top spot in the al west well they they just come off a 2-1 series win against the mets but right before that they lost three out of four to the minnesota twins and that's who their three game series with this weekend is the Minnesota Twins. So and their their loss against the Mets, heartbreaking. They blew it. They blew a five three lead in the ninth and then blew the game in extra innings for the Mets to win. So that's a tough one to take. If if the Twins can take two of three and the Jays steamroll over the Rockies like they should. They're half a game back, and it's September 2nd. All mm -hmm. I'm saying, and I, I know, I know, and Adam and I joked about this, that really it does feel like we're bargaining right now in our in our 
goal to get to acceptance, right? The <laughs> steps process, we're in the midst yes. of it. And right now we are in the bargaining section. But the thing is with 28 games to go, there is so much baseball and so much that can happen. We watched the Texas Rangers with a six game lead on the Seattle Mariners lose that in 11 days. So anything can happen. Yeah, anything can on happen. That note, I mean, like we still have a pretty soft schedule mm-hmm. the rest of the way. Like Colorado, Oakland, Kansas City. Big series against Texas. We have I earlier in the year we were looking at the last 15 games of the season and and kind of really just tugging on our collar like yikes, mm-hmm. right? But I'm not so scared of the Yankees anymore. And I mean, those are no. famous last words. Those might come back to bite me, but Absolutely. they're on and full phone it in mode, right? Like they DFA Donaldson, they DFA Bader. We'll get to that in a bit. They're calling up their rookies, right? Jason Dominguez mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could be feisty in the end, but they're sure not the juggernaut that I was kind of bracing for when, uh, you know, the schedule was was released and we first started looking at it at the start of the year. So just to put in perspective to how young the Yankees have gone, they went from one of the oldest teams in all of baseball and now have five different guy call ups on this roster over the last month and are currently sitting at I think it was I I need to if I'm wrong on this, my apologies, but they're definitely a top five youngest teams in baseball right now with the roster they're putting onto the field, which is again, crazy being they were a top three oldest team in baseball only three or four months ago. The Tampa Bay Rays, for the most part should be solidified with where they're at and who knows. Okay, they're only I think they're only a game and a half back of Baltimore right now. And I've kind of uh, flipped thinking that uh, the the Rays are going to fall right out of it. And within the last week, I'm like, huh, maybe they're just going to take this division after all. So the Rays have stuff to play for, but by the time they're playing the Jays, they may not. And I'm not saying the Rays are going to roll over and give games to the Blue Jays but maybe there won't be quite that sense of urgency and maybe the coaching staff cash and the boys are going to be more concerned about lining up their starting pitching and who's rested for the playoffs than they will be winning game 160 against the Toronto Blue Jays, which could play to the Jays advantage. Again, I know we're bargaining. I know that this is uh, not the way Jays fans and Jays Nation envisioned September 1st looking. But I'm not ready to to say, I'm not ready to stick a fork in it. There's too much baseball left, and I truly do believe that this team still actually has a legitimate shot. Are they good enough to do anything in the playoffs? I don't know. Like... Yeah, anyone's good enough to do anything in the playoffs, so that's what playoffs are all about, right? So you just got to get Especially there. Especially with a pitching staff and a defense like this this Blue Jays team. Like, man, the defense, yep. I, we'll, we'll get to three studs and a dud in just a second here, but I did see a stat that kind of blew my mind just to put in perspective how incredible Dalton Varsho has been for this team in the outfield. He has the most offensive runs saved 
in a season for the Blue Jays since 2003 and by the end of the year should be the number one defensive run saved in a Blue Jays uniform of all time. Okay, so Aaron Hill back in 2006 had 26 defensive runs saved. Orlando Hudson in 2004 had 25. Dalton Varsho is currently at 23. So again, he will pass those two by the end of the season. John McDonald in 2007, old Johnny Mack, loved him. He had 23. And then Kevin Pillar in 2016 had 22 defensive runs saved in center field for the Jays. So he has been an absolute stalwart in the field. Yeah. Thing with Dalton Varsho, and this this hurt him last year too. Um, his defensive versatility, his ability to play left field and mm-hmm. center field, are going to hurt him when it comes to the hardware. Like he's yeah. probably going to miss out on a Gold Glove again. Uh, only ninety six games in left field because he has fifty five games in center field. Yeah, so it's kind of a system that's a little bit uh, working against him. But uh, it is. But in 2025, when Dalton Varsho is the full-time center fielder, he'll get his a full-time catcher. Yeah, is is a full-time catcher, right? Just completely throws us for a loop. Okay, well, let's look at the past week and which Blue Jays excelled and uh, which Blue Jay was a dud. It is time for three studs and a dud. We need a little jingle. A little jingle. Once uh, Drew Bame is done on his honeymoon, we got to hire him to uh, jingle us up a jingle. Uh, Okay, three studs and a dud. Honorable mention to Vlad Jr., uh, who I think was a stud last week, uh, riding high on a... It was like nine singles, high batting average kind of a week, and then he was criticized because we don't need him to hit singles. We need home runs out of this guy. Well... He gave us two home runs this week, so I'm happy. Uh, Vlad, good, not great, but he's trending in the right direction. Uh, Honorable mention, Vlad Jr. Stud number three, George Springer. Playing better as of late, starting to have that power stroke back. He got two home runs this week as well. Also, three stolen bases for George. Yeah, he was on his horse this week. There you go. Um, he's second on the team this season in stolen, ba- stolen bases behind only Whit Merrifield. However, George Springer has a higher success rate. He's uh, about 82% on the base path. Whit Merrifield, about 75%. So George Springer, the old guy, still got some spring in his step. Uh, stud number two, Mr. Bowden Francis. Yes. Uh, very love good showing some from love him this for him. week. Uh, four innings pitched, uh, seven Ks out of Bowden Francis, uh, zero walks. Uh, that did include the three-inning outing on Tuesday against the Nationals. So very good to see. We have a competent long man in the bullpen. So it's good. Yeah, uh, and I'm actually really I'm really impressed with what Bowden Francis and Francis has done this year. Of course. Most of you might remember that he was acquired back in 2021 as kind of the prospect 
throw-in that went along with Trevor Richards when the Blue Jays traded Rowdy Telez to the Milwaukee Brewers. And he, he looked like he was going to be the st- starting pitching depth in 2021 and 2022. And then he wound up struggling to stay on the field, but he has been healthy all season long. And my goodness, has he ever looked good? His breaking ball is incredibly crisp. It's very impressive how he uses his pitches. And I honestly do believe he could possibly fight for that fifth spot in the rotation next year with Alec mm. Manoa, which, I mean, if we That's heard gross. this as Blue Jays fans in 2022, I think we all would have lost our mind, but he's yep. a solid depth piece. Uh, his line this year looks like through 16 games, he's got a 174 ERA uh, and a whip of 077 out of the bullpen. He's uh, been invaluable as the long man out of that bullpen, giving yeah. reprieve to some of these because the rest of the pen, for the most part, is all one inning guys. And mm-hmm. having that dude who can take the ball in the fourth inning when somebody like Kikuchi or Ryu or whoever it is isn't at their at their best and isn't going as deep into the game as you would hope he's been great and pretty important uh eight and a half k's per nine one and a half walks per nine so uh not walking guys that's what we need so there you Mm -hmm. go uh stud number one there's just no way around this scott uh friend of the show davis schneider yeah so, Babe did it again. Did it again. Uh, played in five games this week. 17 at-bats. Uh, he got nine hits, including three doubles and three home runs. So, yeah, that'll play. Uh, four walks versus two strikeouts. Good for a batting average of 529. Uh, he had an OPS of 1854 this week. It's incredible what he has done. Davis Schneider. Of course, he's going to be one of the guests at Baseball Town September 10th at the Comedy Bar. You can get your tickets for that. They're pinned right now in the comment section, which is very cool. He's making time. But we sat down with him yesterday. And honestly, Adam, one of the things that stood out to me when we were talking hitting and I had asked him if his approach changes at all when he's hitting second or he's hitting cleanup whether he's looking to drive in runs and he was very earnest and very honest and just kind of said, no, he's more of a one size fits all. He always goes into the, uh, into the hitters, into the batter's box, looking to make contact and looking to lay off pitches that he doesn't feel he can do damage on. So you'll even see him. And we've seen it a few times in the last, since his call up, he'll let strikes go that are maybe, Low and hit in the corner, right? He kind of, it's kind of a tip of the hat to the pitchers of like, yeah, you got me there, but I'm not swinging at something until I'm at two strikes that I can't put in Mm. play. I'm not going to pop a foul ball out, reaching for a pitch that the, the, the pitchers just has me on. And we've seen it succeed. This, this run he's on is absolutely incredible. And I know we were even joking with him. Like, obviously you're not going to hit 450 for the whole time. Because he even talked about it. He's like, listen, I know darn well there's going to be 20, 20 at-bat stretches where I strike out 19 times. 
I don't think he'll actually wind up doing that, but that was the example he gave, right? So he's aware there's ups and downs and he's just riding the high, but I did love hearing he doesn't change his approach. He's going in there with a plan and he sticks to it. Well, right now he's on pace for 70 home runs over a 162 game span. So look out, Barry. Hopefully he can just keep that up for at least another month or two. That is three studs and a dud. No, we Good didn't do job, our duds. Buddy. We didn't do our duds. Oh, we haven't done dud. We haven't done dud. That's right. We haven't done duds. Uh, dud, dishonorable mention, Tim Meza. Yeah. Um, two earned runs in two-thirds of an inning this week. Tim Meza has been... As rock solid as we could have asked for this season. Um, But one unfortunate outing. Uh, I think this was this uh, deja vu. It felt very familiar to our dud last week. I think it was Trevor Richards. Yeah. A a similar thing. It was like five earned runs over zero innings or something. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Tim Meza. Guess how many... Guess how many earned runs he's allowed since June 1st? Three. Two. Three. Wow. So, he's been he's been rock solid. Uh, All his runs have been pretty much this week. So. Yes, pretty much this week. Uh, yeah, it's a 22 ERA this week, but otherwise, Tim Mesa has been an absolute stud for us. So, there you go. Uh, your actual dud this week, Mr. Dalton Varsho. I wanted to give it to John Schneider. Um, yeah. But we're going with Dalton Varsho. Um, just offensively underwhelming. I know defensively he's still a stud, but uh, a 190 batting average, caught stealing once, five strikeouts versus one walk. He just continues to be like. Underwhelming at the plate. Underwhelming at the plate. It just feels like a hole. Like him and Matt Chapman both, it just feels like when they're getting up to the plate, it's like, all right, well, the inning's over, and let's try again next up. I don't know. Anyways, Dalton Varsho, unfortunately, dud this week, but still a stud in my heart. So there you go. Studs and a dud in the book. So flipping over to the next topic in this this lends itself well to what we were just talking about with uh, Tim Meza and Trevor Richards being honorable dismentions for, for the dud the last two weeks. And that is that right-handed pitcher Chad green has been activated from the 60 day IL in a corresponding move. The blue Jays have put friend of the show, Haggy D Hagen Danner onto the 60 day IL retroactive of August 12th. Of course, Hagen Danner made his major league debut this year. Very exciting stuff for the walk-off as he's a good buddy of the show and then managed to get through seven pitches before having a strain in his back and being removed from the game. A real bummer for him, but the good news for the for the Blue Jays is, is that with, with Chad Green coming back, now, of course, he was one of the free agent signings over the off season. And they signed him for a two-year deal 
With this in mind, because he was overcoming an injury here and missed most of the season, obviously, he's been in Buffalo for the last two weeks since getting off of the seven-day IL concussion protocol uh, injured list. Yep. He pitched in back-to-back games recently and has looked good. He's looked good. He has. uh, His line looks like this. He's got for his time in Buffalo... Uh, nine innings pitched, uh, ERA of two, a whip of exactly one, uh, 11 strikeouts per nine, one walk per nine. So, Chad Green is going to be used in high leverage situations out of this bullpen. It's going to lengthen the pen, and really it's going to shorten games. If you can kind of have these, you start naming the high leverage guys in this pen, Oh, yeah. And it's impressive. You got Jordan Romano. You got Jordan Hicks. You got Tim Meza. Jimmy Garcia, or sorry, Jimmy Garcia has been excellent as of recently. Um, having Chad Green back there as another hard-throwing righty that you can go to when the game is on the line is going to do nothing but help John Schneider out and allow this team to shorten games. We're down to it. To bolster, to have a bullpen piece, this 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 instrumental of a bullpen piece added at this time, like it really does look good on the front office. And I know that there's lots of things that we can complain about the front office, but in this particular scenario, it looks good. Looks good, yeah. No, it worked out. Uh, worked out all right. I mean, it's always a question mark coming back from uh, injury like that, but. The time in Buffalo is telling. Like, uh, it looks like he's dialed right in and ready to go. So, Chad Green joining the Toronto Blue Jays bullpen in Denver tonight. So, we may even see him make his Blue Jays debut sometime this weekend. Pretty cool stuff. Moving on to the next topic here, we'll go with the the position players and the call up there. The Buffalo Boys are back in town. This trio of Ernie Clement, Davis Schneider, and Spencer Horwitz. I don't think anyone saw this coming. But the fact no, I that don't th- these... I don't think anyone had this on their bingo card, that's for sure. And if if it was brought to you, Adam, at the beginning of the season, that September 1st, these three dudes would be playing for the Toronto Blue Jays, I think we both would have been like, oh, no. What yeah. happened? Yeah. But they've been awesome. Listen, Spencer Horowitz getting the call up in his 484 at-bats with Buffalo. He has 132 hits. He has 10 home runs, 72 RBIs, a 337 batting average, a 945 OPS on base and slug and then 143 weighted runs created plus. And I know there was a lot of talk on Twitter yesterday. Why wasn't it Barger called up? Why wasn't it Martinez? Well, I think part of it has to do with how healthy is Brandon Belt. Mm. Spencer Horwitz really does provide some depth in the role that Brandon Belt would be holding so hopefully brandon belt is completely healthy and this is irrelevant it doesn't seem like that's the case brandon belt hasn't been in the lineup uh for the last few games when they could have really needed him on tuesday he wasn't even available off the bench 
which forced John Schneider, in his opinion anyways, to stick with Kirk rather than running him and, and tying the game up. Um, also, if you if you take a look at Barger's numbers and even Aroldis Martinez numbers in Buffalo, they don't even compare with what Horwitz has been putting up at the plate. 257 at-bats, 66 hits for Barger, 7 home runs, 32 RBIs, a 257 average, 780 OPS, and a 99 weighted runs created plus. So just under league average there. Uh, and then Aralvis Martinez, of course, just getting the call up to Buffalo recently. He has 124 ABs with AAA Buffalo, 33 hits, six home runs, 21 RBI, a 266 batting average, and an 842 OPS, a 102 weighted runs created plus. So a lot of stats there that back up the Blue Jays' idea to promote Spencer Horwitz. Listen, Horwitz also has already been called up. He's made his major league debut. He's gotten his first hit. He's gotten his first double. He's experienced some of those firsts. And I think that just having a dude that isn't on the edge and nervous for this debut is a big deal. Yep. Also, if you just look at the numbers with runners in scoring position, Horowitz in 125 at bats is hitting 360 with a 943 OPS. And that is better than Barger, who's got an OPS of 792 and an average of 271 with runners in scoring position. And Martinez, who has a 785 OPS. Listen, I don't think Horowitz is going to get a lot of time, a lot of playing time, or at least that's not the plan outside of something terrible going down and bad tacos hit, striking once again, knocking on all the wood. But I think it's going to be good for Clement and, and Schneider to have another Buffalo buys in there. I think it's really cool that these three are going to be uh, on the team together. And I mean, these other two guys have been excelling. Ernie Clement, man, he's got a 440 batting average and is tied for the highest in Blue Jays history within a player's first 16 games with the team. Not bad. Steve Braun in 1980 is the other. Davis Schneider's 1420 OPS is the highest in American League history through a hitter's first 14 career games. Not bad, not bad. Uh, more it's to insane. Your, more to your point on why not Arelvis, why not Barger. Obviously, those are the two sexy names on everybody's radar. Uh, if we look at the last two months of just how how these guys have been doing, and I'm going with two months because that's when uh, Arelvis Martinez was called up to AAA, so it's the most fairest comparison here. Uh, so since Arelvis Martinez has been called up to AAA, he's got a 260 batting average, uh, an 828 OPS with six home runs. Um, Addison Barger, 278 batting average uh, through the last two months uh, with five home runs. And then you go to Spencer Horowitz and you go, oh, yeah, he's got a 394 batting average with eight home runs. So you want a guy that can hit for contact and has power in that stroke? Spencer Horowitz. Uh, look, two months is a decent sample size. I'm sorry. It is. Mm -hmm. So Horowitz I feel good about him. Horowitz is 25 as well. So he's yeah. got a little bit of age, a little bit of experience. Barger 23 or Elvis Barger. Martinez is 21. Yeah. So he's the old guy. He's the hottest guy. He plays the position you want or the, you he know, makes, with, it's all the with sense. Brandon Belt uh, having a little bit of a yeah. how healthy is he question mark. He just, it makes too much sense. And then that, that's not even including the fact that 
service time manipulation as a factor. Do you really want to start that clock, start clock on either of those two youngsters when you don't need to? Like it'd be a different story yeah. if you didn't have spent if you didn't have Spencer Horowitz who has just been busting down the door for months now. So, so. makes sense. There so it is. This, That's why. This is also a record for us, Adam, of the guys we've had on the podcast that are currently playing with the team. Right now, Friends we are at show. five. Tim Meza, Danny Jansen, David Schneider, Spencer Horowitz, and, of course, um, Jay Jackson. Jay Jackson. Not bad. So let's let's get to some waiver wire weirdness. I know that... If you were on Blue Jays Twitter yesterday, you'd think that Atkins and Shapiro had Sleep at the wheel. the yeah. pooch royally. And there were a lot of players that were put on waivers by both the Angels and the Yankees that were hot commodities. These were good players that could contribute to a team, especially a contending team. Now, one of the things that upset people is that the blue jays were left and empty-handed and and this was kind of put on atkins it was blamed on ross atkins but the truth is the waiver wire has some rules and regulations and the front office hands were tied Mm -hmm. yeah lots of people wanted harrison bader lots of people wanted hunter renfro they didn't make it to the Blue Jays. So the way the war, the wire order is decided is by the record of the team. And the team can put as many claims in for players at the time, which is something I didn't know. So this is not like fantasy baseball or know, fantasy this, this sports. threw me off too. I, I was thinking you get your one guy. You're one guy and then you go to the bottom of the order. That is not the case. You actually got to submit multiple multiple claims on players before going to the back of the line. A team can select as many players as they are prepared to make room for on their 40 man roster during their turn at the waiver wire. So again, a lot of complaints from Jay's fans that they didn't grab any of the angel salary dumps off the wire, off the wire, off the wire, but that was the teams below them scooped them all up. So the blue Jays at the time of the waiver selection Yesterday, we're sitting at 73 and 61. That was their record, and that is the record that they're going off of for who gets to pick first when it comes to waiver claims. The teams that grabbed players were the Cleveland Guardians. Their record, by the way, 64 and 70, six games under 500. They're in the AL Central, five games back of the Twins, and they loaded up. They grabbed starter Lucas Giolito, who the Angels gave up their second third and 28th prospect for only a month ago. It is insane that this is the direction they have decided to go. The also from the angel scrap peep, the guardians grabbed left-handed reliever, Matt Moore and right-handed reliever, Ronaldo Lopez, the Cincinnati reds. So their record 69 and 66 still below the blue Jays and still had opportunity to pick players before the Jays did. So they're third in the NL Central, six games back of the division lead, one and a half games back of the wild card, and they claimed both Hunter Renfro and the Yankees salary dump Harrison Bader. The Milwaukee Brewers also grabbing a waiver claim yesterday 
They are 74 and 59 and first in the NL Central. So they are the first team that had a better record than the Blue Jays. So they claim Josh Donaldson, which meant that the Blue Jays chose not to grab Josh Donaldson. If Josh Donaldson is who you wanted, then you can be upset with this front office. I don't think he provides anything outside. I don't think he provides anything that the Jays couldn't have done within the system. I don't know how you feel about that, I'm Adam. Are you upset that uh, Josh Donaldson didn't go to the Jays? Uh, yeah, but only from a pure romance standpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, would have been awesome to bust out the old Josh Donaldson jersey and wear it again in September. So, eh, yeah, I mean, it would have been cool, but yeah, probably. I mean, if he goes off for the Brewers uh, once People he's off the lose. I.L., yeah, it, that's going to be a tough pill to swallow, but what does he have? Like 15 hits this year and 12 home runs? Yeah, it's insane how it's but like just a batting average in the double yeah. digits. So, yeah, I don't know. Last question about this waiver wire thing for yeah. you. Randall Grishik cleared waivers. Mm-hmm. Is Randall Grishik a guy you're disappointed the Blue Jays didn't take a flyer on? Uh, I mean, for when we talked about this on uh, Mailbag, I think he was someone that I would have rather had over Hunter Renfro. But I also don't think we need more outfielders. Like, we're just... Yeah. Bring him in just for the sake of bringing him in. Like, he's not an upgrade over any of the outfielders we have right now. Maybe he's an upgrade, I guess, over Dalton Varsho offensively. Yeah, but but not not defensively. Not that's de- for defensively sure. for sure. <sighs> really, the yeah. only guy on that list, in all honesty, I mean, Harrison Bader would have been all right, but Hunter Renfro would have been a good help. But I just you knew he wasn't going to get to the Jays. You just knew he wasn't going to get to the yeah. Jays, and the Guardians stocking up like. Good for them. Brilliant move by the Guardians front office. Why not? The Angels already paid all of the all of the price tag. You're just throwing a little bit of money around and not even that much. I think yeah. they're for three million dollars, I think it is. They just bolstered their starting rotation heavily. Talk about getting like they went out and traded for Noah Sindengard, DFA'd him and picked up Lucas Giolito. Incredible. And I know how badly Giolito has done in the last month with the Angels, but you never know, man. New scene, new pitching coach. Five games back. Listen, the the Guardians are almost out of it, but why not? Oh, another yeah. little another little tidbit here, Adam. That before we move on to the this Jays Rocky series, the Cleveland Guardians. Let's play the Texas Rangers three more times. Bolster away, boys. Bolster, Bolster that lineup. Make away. it nice and tough. Yeah. Bolster away. Um. Oh, you guys can probably hear my dog going nuts right now. Scott, I'm going to mute my mic. You, you just keep talking. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. So what we're going to do now is we are going to get into the Jays and the Rockies series. 
little uh a fun little lineup here for you. Okay. So the last time the Blue Jays played the Rockies in Denver, I was actually there. Boys trip, May of 2019. Shout out to uh Ramey and Isaac and Neil and and Darren and and Kevin. All uh the six guys were just there. Uh this was during the the Raptors big win too. So we were watching mm. Raptors games at night and right. going to the Jays games in the afternoon. So this was the lineup in 2019. Hitting first, playing second base was Eric Sogard. Okay. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. had just been called up in late April. He was hitting second. Justin Smoke. Batting third, playing first base, Randall Grishik, center fielder, Kevin Biggio hitting fifth. And Kevin Biggio, I remember, was the most exciting player on that team that series <laughs> by a mile. Brandon Drury hitting sixth and in left field. Our shortstop back then was Freddie Galvis and Luke Maley behind the plate, pitching Aaron Sanchez. Times have changed. There was no DH then either. Aaron Sanchez was hitting. Aaron Sanchez hitting. It was an NL matchup. Right, right. Yeah. There you go. Man, Very the roster has changed a lot since then, and thank God. As frustrating. It's so funny. Like, as frustrating as 2023 has been, I just read that roster, and I was just like, oh, gross. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So the Jays... The Jays are up against a Colorado Rockies team that pitching sucks. Their pitching has been brutal all year long. Both bullpen and starters, Hinge and Ryu matching up in tonight's game against Chris Flexen, who is Flexen, a 6.94 well ERA. Sorry. Well My apologies, everybody. I'm no, sorry. No apology needed. None needed. <laughs> the game tomorrow, Yusei Kikuchi taking the bump against Ty Black who has a 3.94 ERA over 48 innings pitched. And then Kevin Gosman on the bump against Austin Gomber sporting a 5.51 ERA. As you can tell, the pitching, the starting pitching for the Rockies is less than desirable. And you just got to hope that the Blue Jays can take advantage, get out there, get some hits, get on base and score some runs. Because this is going to be a series that absolutely needs to go the Blue Jays' ways, and probably needs, needs to be, to be a sweep, slapped. eh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah two and one really isn't going to cut it. Um, oh, three and oh feels like it's not enough. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Can I we know. take four out of three in this series? Is that possible? And, dude, this is where you look at the, the schedule, and it's it's the Rockies and the A's. Two bottom feeding teams in a row. They need five of six. I mean, well, technically, they need six. And then the six Royals, six. who are also and the Royals, who are dead also last terrible. in the AL Central. Uh, yeah, they are what? Actually, the Rockies is the best team we're going to play in the next nine yes. days. Yes, the Rockies have forty nine wins, a massive forty nine wins. Oakland, uh, thirty nine wins, and the Royals forty one wins. This has got to be one of these, like, uh, 
you remember like growing up playing minor hockey and you'd play like the worst team in the league and you'd be like, all right, I'm going to get seven goals today or whatever, you know, like yeah. we're going to just pad our stats and we're going to yeah. feel good about ourselves. Like that's the kind of baseball we need to play. We need to put, we need to go out there and like win 12 one, you know, like we need Vladdy to just be fucking ripping the cover off the ball. We need like, we need these guys getting white hot so we can go into Texas and just be as confident as we've ever been. Mm-hmm. No mercy, right? Like no, no mercy. mercy here. If you if you get up on the Rockies, you continue to pound away. You beat up on their mm-hmm. bullpen. You beat up beat on, up their on those position players that are pitching exactly. in the eighth inning. Make yeah, it tough. For sure. That's what um, we need to do. I mean, again, we just talked earlier about the Rays hanging around. Right. But uh, the Rays are like nine and two in their last 11 games. But uh, when you look at the teams that they just played, it's like the Marlins, the Yankees, three wins against the. Yeah, the Rockies and Angels. Like. That's one thing this Blue Jays team just for the entire lifespan of the Vladdy Bichette era is we don't take care of business against these bad teams. We need to do that, right? Like they need to do that. You play 500 that, ball these... against the good teams, and then you play 800 ball against the bad teams. That's what that's where we got to be. And we're like uh, 550 against the good teams and 450 against the bad yeah. teams. And it's fucking pull your hair. Like we'll sweep the Braves, and then we'll fucking get swept by the Athletics. So these next nine games are probably going to make or break the season. It's just that simple. It's no, I'm not. Well, these next thirteen anything, for sure. But, yeah. Like if if you include the Rangers series the, on the, the other Rangers side of series. that, yeah. Then yeah, absolutely. Um, thirteen games. Can, we got to go like ten and three, right? All I can say, man, is is go Jays go. This is it, man. Like this right. is uh, and and if you're a fan of of baseball that matters in September, well, this is all we asked for, and uh, enjoy it while we can. Fingers crossed that it it carries on into October. September meaningful ball. This is all I ever asked for my whole childhood. Mm-hmm. Give yep. me games that I have a reason to tune into in September. Yep. And that's where we're at. So thank God for expanded playoffs. We kind of ch- cheated our way to get there, but I'll take oh, it. Oh man. Can you imagine where this fan base would be without that third wild card? Oh, geez. Gross. It would not be good. All right, everybody. Thank you so much, Grounds Crew, for following along and listening. We do really appreciate all of you. Obviously, if you are a member of the Patreon, an extra little tip of the hat your way, we do really appreciate that. You can always join the Patreon by going to patreon.com slash the walkoff. Long toss. Sunday. Will not be live. Six to eight east. It will not be live, but we will be doing it. And my apologies. Uh, yeah. I have a ball tournament. It is ball tournament yes. season. It's I ball have... tournament season for Adam. There's no way okay, around everybody. it. This is again, not a town tournament. Again. I won't make it home. Uh, we do go live and in person for long toss in one week from Sunday for baseball town. Davis Schneider, Jay Jackson going to be there. Blake Murphy and Julia Cruz. Get your tickets They are pinned in the comment section right now. And spread the word to your fellow Blue Jays fans. Let's pack this place. It's going to be a fun night. Take care, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. 
Thanks for listening to the Walk Off Podcast with Scott Belford and Adam Mack with a new episode every Friday. Thanks for listening.